word to the wise. When you're speaking to somebody wise, you listen, you're cognizant of what they're saying. A wise person telling you. Anyway, just just uh, keep that in mind and uh, keep up the good work. All right. Hello and welcome to the Kentucky Dad Podcast. Big Blue Drew here. Appreciate you tuning in. It's a very dreary Thursday afternoon in Louisville. First time we've seen rain, I feel like in a hot minute, but it's here. So thanks if you're listening. And if you haven't checked out the last episode with um, the strength coach for Kentucky men's basketball, Rob Harris, might want to check that out. It was really good. Got some tidbits on the men's basketball team and um, some really good stories from like past teams. He's worked with the team since like 2015. So check that one out. Today, I'm really excited though. I got like kind of a different um, different guest on. Somebody that said this before about like kind of not knowing too much about my guest, but this guy, like I really don't know much about at all. It was something that I just kind of seen him on Twitter. Um, he's UK dad 21 on Twitter. See his kids a lot. He seems like a great dad, big UK fan. And we've stayed in touch over the last few weeks. So Michael Paul Clark, thank you for joining us on the Kentucky Dad Podcast. Drew, thanks for having me, man. I know we uh, tried to do it a couple weeks ago and, and had some uh, dad duties get in the way. So uh, thanks for being flexible and uh, been, been looking forward to it, man. So yeah, I, I do appreciate you having me on. I, I feel, uh, you know, I, I kind of lower the bar for your, uh, from your past guests, but hopefully people will, uh, will tune in and, and we'll, uh, you know, we'll try to do a good job for them. So I appreciate it. Yeah. Dads are dads, man. It's like I said, I say this every time, but it's the same thing. We're always trying to coordinate that like eight to 9 PM time slot and just hope <laughs> everything goes right to kind of slide away from the family and get these in. But man, before we get into a little bit of your background and I can learn about you, I know you have kind of like a, um, a little bit of a history in the media though. Um, yep. We want to start, I started this segment last time and I think it's going to be really good one. So I'm going to kick it off with this, but I'm just curious. So it's eight twenty-one Thursday night. What did you and the family do for dinner tonight? How did that go down? Well, you know what? Speaking of, uh, you know, dad duties and things like that, I had kind of a, a later work day and uh, was, was on some Zoom calls. And so we we had the classic Thursday leftovers, man. We had a I grilled out burgers last night. So we, I think one of the kids had those. We had some vegetables and uh, some pasta, I think, left over from Tuesday. So it was just kind of a mishmash of nice. uh, quick and easy for a six and three year old. And, uh, you know, we banged it out pretty quick. So. Nice, man. Leftovers, and that's good. We were actually leaning that route myself. My oldest daughter, um, Lily, she's 12. She stayed over grandparents, which she'll do a couple nights a week. It's always nice because I have the, the maniac 19-month-old, too. So it was just the three of us, and we had some leftover chili. But I, I went the total late weeknight thing and just went and got us a pizza. <laughs> We're doing that tomorrow. So yeah, that's a uh, great minds think alike. And you know, it, it's just, it's funny, man, through the week, there's just so much going on. And, and obviously it sounds like you got two, you know, different ends of the age spectrum. And you, sometimes you just, you know, you eat, you know, rice cakes and hummus, if that's all you have and if, if you can find it in the fridge. So yeah, we're, uh, you know, most weeknights we, we are on a pretty good regimen. My wife is a rock star and has this menu all planned out, but you know, oh, awesome. sometimes you gotta, gotta change. So. We actually, um, we don't usually talk about stuff like this on the dad podcast. And it's a pretty good topic really though. But my wife and I today, we had that kind of like, how in the hell did our credit card bill get so high? And you know, well, I don't know, let's go through it. And we just, you know, went through a few months and just found just all the mindless stuff we buy. And so much of it was food, you know, it's going to Kroger. We actually try a lot of times, which we live, we're very fortunate. We live like around the corner from Kroger. Like I'm talking like 30 second car ride, five minute walk. So we try to, we go a lot basically is what I'm saying. You know, we'll get dinner kind of for each night. Try to thought that was maybe cutting down on the expense, but 
So anyway, we, we might have went out on like a date or something tonight, but it was uh, like I said, it was it was expense day. So we're trying to look at that. You mentioned your wife on the menu. Like we we're just talking yeah. tonight about getting on a, a better regimen to not only save money, health, convenience. There's a lot of a uh, lot of positives. Absolutely, man. I feel you. Well, real quick, uh, Michael, why don't you just walk us through um, just like your background a little bit, like what you've done for work. You already mentioned you have um, a couple kids and just uh, tell us a little bit about yourself. Yeah, man. So I, you know, I've, I've been in Louisville since about 2004. I, I started uh, when I was 15. So about 20, almost 25 years ago, I, I wanted to be on the radio. I wanted to be Kay Wood or Marty Brenneman. And so I, we grew up in a small town in central Kentucky, kind of in between Moorhead and Lexington and uh, kind of a, a classic famous station that had you know been around since like the twenties and kind of reported on all kinds of local stuff and walked in when I was barely 15. I think I was actually 14 at the time and said, I'll, I'll do anything. Let me just, you know, give me a job. And, and they did. And, you know, I, not too many months after that, I was able to hop on the air. I hosted a bluegrass music show for a couple weekends as a fill-in. And then I kind of did this teen show for a while, uh, played, you know, 90s, uh, you know, crisscross and that type of music. And, you know, slowly kind of worked my way into sports. And so I, I played sports, but in the off seasons, I would kind of help do, you know, color play-by-play for the girls, basketball or, you know, whatever. So, um, started in radio, man, and, and never really kind of left. It was a passion. I, I would honestly, my dad and I would would lay in bed at night and listen to to either K Wood or or the Reds games, and it, there was just something always fascinating about it because you, you know, at that time in the I guess late eighties, I'm born in I was born in eighty one, but you know the, the games weren't on TV a whole lot. I mean, you maybe you know one a one a week. So there just was something kind of fascinating laying there and just trying to picture what was happening, and of course. Being a UK guy, Kaywood was just kind of, you know, obviously the gold standard. And so, you know, had big, big dreams, big visions, uh, went to Moorhead State, graduated from, you know, with a, a communications degree and landed a pretty awesome radio gig right out of school at, at WHS Radio and, and the Kentucky News Network. Sports gigs, as you know, are, are kind of few and far between. So I kind of had to do some news and, um, you know, just report on really anything I could to kind of get that foot in the door. And, and I learned a lot. It was, uh, you know, sports was a passion, but got to, you know, do some pretty cool news stories, met uh, President Bush and got to meet Muhammad Ali and, oh, wow. you know, pretty cool things like that. Uh, then, you know, when the sports gigs came, we had Ryder Cup 2008, Louisville got to cover that. That was probably the, the neatest mm-hmm. live sporting event I got to cover just from a sheer, you know, fan standpoint, there was just, you know, thousands of folks out there. The U.S. finally clinched the cup. You know, that was after the Europeans had kind of owned it for a while. Um, so, yeah, I mean, it, it, you know, I got to cover, you know, derbies. And uh, then I think I told you on Twitter that I, I got to cover Cal's first team, you know. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, but, tell me about that, man. When you told me that, I got a Matt, I was thinking about it. And if I had, my, you know, my choice of team to cover, I started covering. I guess I was just, I'm only about, this would be my third season, I think. Yeah. Um, you know, I, what, who would I pick, I guess, is what I'm getting at. If I could pick any Calipari team to cover, um, it would have to either be 2010 or, or 2015. But, but tell me, because it, it had to just be like a, a paramount shift from, you know, that 2008, 9 to 9, 10. Yeah. So, you know, again, I was still still in the reporting thing, doing some anchoring and stuff. And, and uh, obviously when Cal was hired, I was like, man, I got to get – Got to get a press pass. So I, I kind of reached out to Dwayne Peavy at the time. And in HAS, I mean, obviously being the flagship and, you know, we, we got several passes. And uh, so, yeah, man, I, you know, I wanted to, I was from central Kentucky, so I didn't mind the drive from Louisville. So I'd go over on, you know, a couple nights a week and they obviously have home games. And, you know, I remember, I guess John Wall sat out that first game. If you remember, there was, you know, the NCAA. Mm-hmm. That's the only game I saw. That was uh, yeah. one of that was only my third game ever in Rupp Arena. Um, that was like yep. the Kenneth Fareed monster dunk game, right? 
Yep. Yeah. Yep, absolutely. Insane dunk. Yeah. And it's pretty cool. Sorry to interrupt you, but um, no. that's neat for me. Like I said, cause that was actually like myself and it was just like a core group of my family. We never really do stuff like that. We went, I was, I lived in Florida actually. And I, I visited home and we went and I always remember that Kenneth three dunk. That's what I left with. And <laughs> just, just how big DeMarcus cousins was. But now my daughter plays for team Manimal, which is Kenneth Fareed's team. You know, he's the Manimal. So he's oh, wow, yeah. so nice financially, the things that he does and um, his program's really cool, but I'm um, sorry. Yeah. Go ahead. No, no. He, and he was a Moorhead guy, obviously. So yes. Yeah, so, oh, right. Right. Yeah. Yeah, Wall had to sit out that first game, and but I went, and then the second game they played Miami of Ohio, and if you mm-hmm. remember UK, they they almost. Got, I mean, it was a struggle. I'm up in the little crow's nest, you know, kind of thing. I didn't get the prime seat down on the floor, obviously, and uh, I, you know, as a huge fan, I, I'm, I'm there as a serious reporter. Yeah, dude, I was I was freaking out. I was like, oh my god, they're gonna lose game two in the Cal area, yeah. you know, Miami of Ohio team. Luckily, you know, Wall hit the shot, and it was you know the rest is history but it was fun man I you know I got like I said I got the pass because I knew it was going to be a you know the change from the Gillespie era over to Cal and you know Cousins would so we would we would do the postgame stuff and Cousins would come in and like there was one game where he kind of grabbed my microphone in the kind of huddle <laughs> and trying to rub uh, John Wall's face with it I mean they just had so much fun and I again as this huge fan it was really hard to separate you know like oh my god I'm standing in the Rupp Arena locker room, you know, interviewing these guys. And it just, it was awesome. And, you know, it, it went really fast, obviously. And we know how the year ended with the in, insane loss, uh, you know, to, to West Virginia. But, yeah, it, it was very cool. I would, you know, send reports back, you know, late at night and, you know, cut up sound bites and all that kind of stuff. So, it was cool, man. It kind of fed my, my sports passion. And, um, you know, at the time being, you know, more news-oriented, news it was a, a nice break. So, um, yeah, that, that was probably some of the most fun reporting I did, to be honest. Oh, I can't imagine. Yeah, covering, like I said, that paramount change. I'm right there with you, man. I talk about it all the time. But one of the things for me is, especially when I do photography, I mean, it's just amazing. Like I was, you know, right down there for the Elite Eight. So mine usually isn't as much like uh, the fandom comes out. Like I'm the type at home, like I rarely get upset about foul calls and refereeing at home just because I feel like I can't really – you know, if it's on a replay or something and it's a foul, I might get upset. But, man, when I'm at the games and on floor level, like, there's this – especially, like, perfect example. Three times, I guess two years ago, I saw Kentucky play Tennessee with Grant Williams, including one of the oh. best games I've ever seen with my own two eyes was that game in the SEC tournament semifinals when Tennessee beat Kentucky. And I just was watching yep. all those fouls when they were just bumping. And I'm just sitting on oh. my hands Oh, you know, you can't say anything, but so um, <laughs> anger was really had, comes out of me more when I'm covering games, I think, than um, like my fandom. But you're right. It is, it is tough, especially when you first get started. It's like to where I'm at, you know, doing stuff now to, you know, maybe asking Cal a question or something. And the thought of doing that three years ago would just be insane. And last point on this for myself, too, is like I promise myself, but I don't care how geeky this makes me sound or whatever. But the very first time I walk, got to walk all the way down and put my feet on rubbering the floor with a press pass, I promised myself I'll never take it for granted ever. And I try to stay on the court and listen to my Kentucky home um, when they're done and just kind of take a deep breath and, you know, be really be thankful because it's, it is an awesome experience. That gives me goosebumps. Yeah. Just hearing that. And, and, you know, as a kid growing up in central Kentucky, I mean, my first real memory of Kentucky was, you know, Rex, uh, Kenny Walker, I, you know, I was again, born in 81. So probably the 86, you know, Roger Harden, Leroy Bird, um, those guys. And it just, I remember they did this barnstorming thing in, in my hometown and I just, I mean, it's every kid's dream. And hold on, hold on, hold on. Uh, can you define a barnstorming thing? 
Oh, sorry. Yeah, so they would do, they called it this barnstorming tour where they would go across the state at that time and play like local, you know, I think our high oh, school. Yeah, 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 I think I do remember. I was a little, I was a little younger, but I think I, I remember that. Yeah, so I, you know, it's not, a, it hasn't been as big a thing recently, but yeah, they, you know, I remember there was, you know, um, I was trying to remember, I, I guess Pelfrey uh, and Richie Farmer kind of, they made an appearance, uh, you know, a couple times and um, so, you know, it's just, it's a dream, obviously, for most kids in Kentucky to, to go to play at Kentucky, but that's, you know, to your point, touching the floor and all that kind of stuff. I mean, as a non-player, that's, you know, the next best thing you can do. And so, yeah, it's, it's awesome, man. I, it's, you know, not a lot of people understand, I think, outside of our, uh, you know, area and state that, you know, really just how special it is. But it's, it's just been part of my life since I, I literally can remember almost 40 years. Bleeding blue, man. I hear you. All right, we're getting off track a little bit. So we're usually we usually start with TV dads. So I gave Sorry. mine a little bit away. No, nah, it's my, I'm the, I'm hosting, bro. It's my fault. I, but that's the beauty <laughs> about this, though. That uh, there's there's no rhyme or reason. I love it. No no timely topics. We're just kind of chatting as dads. But I'll let you go first, Michael. You can go ahead and uh, tell us who you brought as your TV dad. Yeah. So I it, I kind of cheated a little bit. And I kind of I guess went TV movie, and it's it's a combination of two guys. Man, and I, I, I hate to do that, but I so I, I like that Blue Blood show on CBS. It's like Tom Selleck and Alberg or whatever. He's the, the New York uh, police chief. He's just like this really well respected, like makes these tough decisions. He's just tough minded. Uh, he, you know, he, he makes his family have this Sunday dinner every week. And it's just, he's just like this awesome dad. And then the other half, if I could do the combo, would be Clark Griswold. I, I know it's cliche. He just unabashed, you know, zest for life and his unapologetic nature for being a nerd. And he just lives every moment to the fullest. And so uh, it, it's refreshing. And so if I could combine those two, that, that'd be the perfect uh, TV dad for me. That's a good one. I know I do usually try to tell the guests it can be or a movie. We typically do TV. I, I've done some movies, but I'm really surprised just saying that, that Clark Griswold hasn't been mentioned because he's so iconic. And I see so much of myself in him, too, because one, I'm like, yep. I'm big idea, man. And, and that really is me every <laughs> night. I have this big plan of like, we're going to watch this movie. I want to make popcorn. Like, it's going to be great. And you know, yep. the, the rails just fly off every time. And a lot of nights you're laying in bed just feeling like you, you know, you failed. <laughs> And I think that's him, man. It was just like you said, he just all he all he wanted was for, you know, other people to be happy for the most part. That's and, it. Uh, just it, he had just had trouble executing. Yep, absolutely. So, yeah, that's uh, that's my and, you know, with the, the last name Clark, actually, my brother, my older brother um, kind of grew up. His nickname was Griswold because, you know, they were calling Clark. <laughs> and then they just kind of shortened it to Grizz or Griswold. But, uh, you know, and actually my mother had a, a family truckster. We had an old car that had the Woody, you know, station wagon and pretty – it was blue, not green, but it was similar to the, the Grizz fam, uh, family truckster. Nice. All right, well, I'll go mine. I gave mine away a little bit. I don't know. Um, so mine was Johnny Rose, Shit's Creek. Do you watch Shit's Creek, Michael? Man, I, you know what? I, it's one of those ones so – I. I have not started it yet, but I, I hear all kinds of people talk about it. I, I'm in need of some new shows. I kind of finished Homeland and Jack Ryan and some of these real serious. I've been watching Ted Lasso, which is freaking awesome. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, no, I, I've heard it's great. And uh, I, he's, he was awesome in American Pie, right? He was the dad in, in American yeah. Pie. Uh, Eugene Levy, we actually kind of went through his history last night and I just uh, make fun of myself a little bit because I have extremely bushy eyebrows like my eyebrows like I would smoke <laughs> Anthony Davis if that was like my thing for sure and uh, <laughs> you know he has just insane eyebrows so we were kind of laughing last night watching that that's why I picked him but um, I had a couple points on Shit's Creek then we'll move we'll move forward but so it gets compared to The Office and and that's that's not fair like The Office is, is much better Shit's Creek is funny I like the humor there's some like extremely talented acting on it I think 
but it, it's what it's um i guess what i'm trying to say is i can't watch that show like for long periods of time like i can't watch three and four episodes of that show at a time because they kind of start getting on my nerves but um why i picked johnny rose though man i really appreciate so if you um i won't spoil it too much but essentially you know they're from um you know, they were, they were rich, kind of lost their fortune, ended up in this kind of small yep. town. But he's always dressed in a suit. He's made the most of it. And um, he's kind of stayed, I guess, true to himself in a sense with um, he just is who he is. Johnny Rose, funny. Eugene Levy's the best. I can name like five, six great movies that he's in. So that one's easy. All right, another segment. We got to knock this out just in case we get off track again. Um, this is probably my favorite segment that we do on the show. I didn't prep you for this one, which I never do. So... In your daily routine, weekly routine, however you want to look at it, do you yep. drink more soda, coffee, or alcohol? Uh, coffee, for sure. Um, I've, I've kind of cut out most soda. I do a ton of seltzer water and vitamin water, but I, yeah, quite a bit of coffee, to be honest. And, you know, towards the end of the week and the weekends, I like to, you know, uh, crack open a you know, a beer or a, a bourbon. So, but overall, I would imagine I put more coffee in my body every week than I do anything else. When did that start? Does that have anything to do with your like early out of college news background? Because I know you news guys just chug the coffee. Yeah, I mean, oh, I did early. Yeah, absolutely, man. I did. I, you know, there was the, the shift. I had to get up about three thirty, and yeah, absolutely. I didn't really like coffee at the time, but I, you know, it was, it, I kind of just you know did it. Uh, probably mixed in some. Mountain Dews at the time as well, but yeah, it, you know, now it's just kind of a, a staple. My wife drinks it as well, and so we're we're big coffee folks, but we're not coffee snobs. We don't have to, you know. I I actually prefer local. You know, we Coffee Zone in Louisville is one of my favorite places, and and uh, you know, Heidi Brothers, places like that. So yeah, oh, we just dude, like, I work I work and pretty much live in the Highlands, so like coffee snob and all these like hipster places around my work. <laughs> I mean, they're everywhere. Yep, yep you're right. All right, man. Well, before we, uh, before we move on any further, let's go ahead and um, we'll plug in a quick break here and then we'll kind of yes. get in a little bit to um, some more family stuff. So we'll be right back. All right. And we are back. Kentucky dad pod, big blue drew, Michael Clark here. So man, a lot of good stuff so far. I was uh, like the Chris Clark Griswold ad. That was good. I, I'm kind of disappointed. He had probably like 15, 16 episodes in, and I, I'm not sure that he's been mentioned. So well <laughs> done there. Um, another thing I want to get to be, um, before anything else, because I always like to give guests the opportunity just to kind of, and, and you've actually mentioned a few things about your own father to me, um, but just, man, talk a little bit about father figures in your life and then just kind of how you're integrating that with your family. And then we'll catch up a little bit about like current state of, of the Clark family. Yeah, man, that's a, that's a great question. And I, you know, I, I, I certainly don't take this for granted either because a lot of folks in my life, friends and different folks have, you know, maybe not been as fortunate to have, uh, maybe have a dad at all, or, or maybe they, they lost him at a young age. So yeah, my, my dad is, it was very influential in, in my life. Um, obviously from a young age, he, he just, he was very, uh, you know, we didn't have a lot of money, a huge house or anything like that, but he was, he always just taught us honesty and integrity. And I'll, I'll tell just a real quick story about that. He was in the eighties in between jobs and, and we were having, you know, pretty, pretty rough time. And uh, we were at a school function for my older siblings and he found a envelope just, it was, it happened to be, I guess, in the front of the school, maybe outside, or I, I can't, I don't remember exactly. I was pretty young, but he found this, this envelope and there was like $300 cash in it. And at that time, you know, that was a lot of money. We were struggling. He could have just pocketed that and gone and, and, you know, uh, been okay. He did not do that. He turned it in. And long story short, about a week later, this, this lady showed up at our door um, and it was the lady who had lost the money and she actually gave my dad a hundred bucks. And oh, it, it didn't 
spot. But that story will always stick out to me because he, you know, and again, it may sound hokey and stuff, but he, he did the honest thing and he got, you know, paid back in, in return. So uh, I, I, that's the, the probably the top thing that, that I think he's taught me is just, you know, just always be honest and, and have integrity and character. And, you, you know, obviously your, your reputation can, <laughs> that's sometimes all you have, you know, and you've got to really, you know, protect it. And, and so he, uh, he was awesome in that. Got an older brother uh, who's a, a Lieutenant Colonel in the Air Force has four girls. Um, so just, you know, an awesome dad that I've, I've looked up. Why to. Don't, this could be just totally off base, but I always feel like when there's like a mili- a career military man, he always has an exorbitant amount of girls. Like, I don't <laughs> yeah. know if that's just me like thinking that, but I just feel like that's so common. Man, he just, yeah, he just kept cranking them out, but they, uh, and they've, there's, you know, awesome. They move across the country and, and they've seen a lot of things that, you know, most you know, younger girls have not, you know, seen as, as far as, you know, different states and all that kind of stuff. But yeah, I've really looked up to him. My, my sister's husband is an awesome guy. Um, you know, and then I've, I've surrounded myself. I've got a lot of really good friends, some that I've, I've known since I was four or five years old that have kids. We're the same age, and, and I've looked to them for, for fatherly advice. So I really do. I, I could probably name 10 people right now off the you know, top of my head. I won't save us time, but that, that just I can look to for little, you know, nuggets of, of uh, information or, or help or advice or, or whatever. So very blessed, man. I, I know, uh, again, not, not everybody can, can hang their hat on that, but um, I've, I've been fortunate to have a lot of great men around me. Sounds like it. You know, that's what they say. It takes a village. Um, and then integrity, man, you mentioned that. I think we most, what most people say is it's, you know, what you do when other people aren't looking. That's how it was yep. always described to me from sports coaches and stuff. So spot on there. Um, what about your family now? Like I said, I know you got, um, you know, your wife, two girls. So tell us a little bit about them and uh, maybe even like, um, you know, how you guys are coping with COVID and all that. Yeah, man. So, you know, my, my journey to, uh, to being, you know, becoming a father and, and us becoming parents was, was pretty unique. Um, we, you know, struggled for a long time. And again, it, it's, you know, this long winding story, I'll, I'll keep it real short, but we, uh, you know, and I know this is a podcast, so we, we can probably be a little bit more, <laughs> more open than we, you know, we could, but it, you know, we got, uh, got pregnant a whole lot. We got married and kind of just took our time. We wanted to travel, do some things that we wanted to do. But then when we were ready, we, we figured out getting pregnant very, I mean, I'd walk in from work and I could, I could look at her and poof, you know, she would, but we just <laughs> joke about that. We, we just never were able to carry a, a, a I don't know where that was going. I was on pins and needles. <laughs> yeah, no, it's, it, I joke about that, but we practiced a lot. We got really good at it and, uh, and you know, at least six, six failed pregnancies. So it was, it was a tough time. Yeah. Last, last time we did it, we went to uh, Cincinnati to this specialist and did the in vitro uh, fertilization uh, process, got pregnant with twins. It was this exciting moment and it, it didn't work out. And so we, you know, we're kind of at our last, last resort from a, a biological child, uh, you know, situation. So turned to adoption. And, and again, I, you know, won't meander on, but it, um, you know, that, that's, that was the path for us to become parents. It was, it was through adoption uh, initially. And um, that's a whole, we could probably do a whole segment on that. It's a pretty, pretty awesome story. I'd, I'd love to, to tell you more about it, but um, was, was blessed to be, you know, picked by this birth mother here in Louisville. Mm. Uh, we got to, uh, got to meet her about eight weeks before Mila was born. Uh, she invited us to the hospital room and in a mind blowing twist, she asked me to cut the cord. So we, Whoa. this full experience, um, she knew that, our, you know, our struggles that we had 
And she wanted to give us this, you know, I, I joke again, I kind of, you know, I'm a, I like to keep it light sometimes, but she gave us the full girlfriend experience. Um, and it was funny, we, my wife and I kind of fell in love with this other woman that was, you know, giving, gifting us her child. I mean, and you just can't, it's hard to wrap your mind around that. Um, you know, she, she helped carry Mila down to the car on the last day, you know, before we left the hospital. And, you know, as you can imagine, a, a dad, I mean, we, uh, we shed many, many a tear um, on, the, on the ride home. Um, but yeah, you know, so we got home and we're like, oh my God, we're parents and <laughs> what do we do? And, um, you know, those first couple months were, were rough. Also, you know, in adoption, things can, can change until it's finalized from a legal standpoint. Um, so, you know, the phone would ring sometimes and it was the adoption agency and my wife's like, here, answer it. I, I can't, I can't answer it. Uh, cause we were afraid that maybe, you know, our birth mother had changed her mind and, uh, lo and behold, she didn't five months later, we finalized it. Her name on the birth certificate had was Clark and she was ours. So it was, it was awesome, man. I, again, I could, you know, give you a lot of <laughs> different detail, but, uh, you know, pretty cool journey. Uh, we have a journal of most of the whole thing. Um, and then, you know, we were done. We had been through so much at that point. We were done having kids. I, I, so I was going to get the old snipperoo and, you know, sit on the couch for a couple days and watch, you know, March Madness or what have you. Didn't make the, um, make the appointment. And in a weird twist, we, you know, got pregnant again. And we're like, yeah, it's not going to work. No, you know, we're just, we'll just, you know, go at this thing very, um, you know, with not a lot of expectation. Right, right. And nine months later, out comes Sawyer and we have a, a biological son. And um, so it, it's, you know, I, I try to tell people and I, it's hard to, to voice and articulate, I guess, but we've gotten to, to experience both paths to parenthood, you know, this, this adoption process and how crazy that is. And then, you know, biological, and you, you know that well, obviously it sounds like with, with two, but it, um, it's just kind of neat, man. We had this plan, you know, probably when we first got married, we were going to have a boy and a girl. And then we, you know, um, and it just, it's funny and it, it, it doesn't work out that way. And, and during the whole process, we were frustrated and we would see, you know, Facebook posts of friends who were having baby showers. And, and obviously it was much, much harder on, on Taryn, my wife, um, you know, just the, the whole motherhood thing. And, and, but I was there for support and, but I ain't not going to lie, man. It was, it, it was very stressful time. It, it put a lot of pressure on, on just marriage in general and not to get too heavy here, but just uh, kind of, you know, letting you know how we, we became parents. And, uh, but looking back, man, and now it's, you know, six years ago and it's just, it, everything's awesome. We, it's just normal. And uh, it, it's a pretty cool story. And we've, we've told it to a number of folks and we've helped, some other couples who have gone through adoption and, and are still willing to, to do that. I've, I've had folks on Twitter uh, hit me up and say, Hey man, had, you know, how'd that go? Can you, you know, talk to me about the process and I'm, I'm willing to do that, you know, forever. It's just, you know, something we, it's the debt that, that we owe, you know? Um, nice. Do you so still stay in touch with the birth mother? dad and yeah. Uh, did you, still, do you hear me? Do you still um, stay in touch with the birth mother? Yeah, so it's pretty unique, man. We, uh, again, got to meet her before. Uh, we had our first date with her. At, uh, she, wanted, she was craving a uh, Cheesecake Factory pasta. So we went and uh, weirdest, weirdest first date ever, man. I, I broke down in tears. Just, I mean, it was just, right. it, it's a surreal scene. And um, sure, yeah. so, yeah. I know that that can go a lot of ways, right? I mean, you can, you know, sometimes not even see the mother, you know, at all. Like never even know what, nothing. And then other cases like this where they want you, you know, involved as much as possible. Absolutely, man. And, and again, you just, you're on pins and needles the entire time. You, you, you just, you're, you're going with the flow and you're trying to kind of, you know, but I, it's just, it's hard to describe. It really is. But anyway, we yeah, got to know her pretty well. We kind of swapped texts and made sure she was okay leading up to the, the birth. 
uh, spent the three days in the hospital. Uh, we pulled out, you know, pulled out of the hospital. We've never seen her again. We, we know she uh, has just, you know, does not live in this area anymore. Uh, but we made an agreement through the adoption agency that we would, every year, we would write a letter and send, you know, 30, 40 pictures of Mila, um, send them to the agency, and then they're, they're, they're able to contact her. We don't know where she lives. So we send that to the agency. They get, you know, get in touch with her. And it makes us feel good, man. We know that she has reached out to the agency and asked for those. So she's looking at them and reading these letters. And so, um, you know, we hope that she sees that we're taking care of, of Mila and, and raising her right. And uh, I, we're, we're raising her right because she's a UK fan. So we know that, but mm-hmm. um, you know, it's just, it's, it's pretty cool. So we'll do that until she's 18. And then at that point, you know, we've always talked about, we, we'd love to have a, a big old reunion at some point, um, you know, to, to kind of see our birth mother again and, and obviously let her see Mila as this young woman. So Good, man. That's good for you. And you mentioned something, and I, I'm sorry, but it's going to get, because all that was is your second, I think second dad that has, um, maybe third that had, had some adoption um, in their background. So amazing story. But I'm going to have to get a little bit um, lighter with it, I guess you could say. I almost kind of. Yeah, sorry, man. I didn't mean to take no, us down no, that path. This is, this is what this is for. No, I'm, I'm more apologizing because I want to talk about cutting the umbilical cord. Not that, you know, your situation <laughs> doing it, but I was like dead set on I'm not doing it. Like, I don't know. There was just, I, just, I was like literally having nightmares, bro, about like having dull scissors and it just being all rubbery yeah, yeah. and just like cutting, cutting. So anyway, like the whole time and, and of course, everything something like goes down like this, like I feel like it should just be my job to tell the damn doctor I'm not doing it and they just shut up and say, no problem. But of course, you know, she's like making me feel bad and like, so I'm not budging at first. Um, ends up obviously a pretty long labor. Like well, she was in a really long labor, but didn't push for a, too, too long. So baby comes out and ended up doing it. It wasn't bad at all. I was glad I did it, I guess. But um, gosh, that has to have been doing it. Have to have definitely been even more uncomfortable, I would think, with someone you barely knew. Uh, yeah. And dude, I feel the same way you did. Like it, it, the first couple, like, I was like, no, man, just the, like, the, it was like thick and just cutting through it. Like, oh, yeah. It was like, weird you know but no man it actually was it was not near what i thought and, and again i mean just as the overall experience went it was it was phenomenal i did it for my son as well and so i but I, i'm with you on the on the front end of it i was like nah not not for me i'll i'll watch <laughs> yeah i can tell and i'm big too like it's, it's gonna be very hard to put in words and i need to figure it out because it's like a big part of who i am but like i'm really big on like not um just immediately jumping into like cultural norms. Like I, didn't, I only have 24 college credits under my belt. I played basketball at Spalding University here in Louisville for a little bit. And one wow. of the classes I took, awesome. I, was, I was a great student. I still, I, I learn every day. I like learning new stuff, especially like American history. All right, I'm getting off topic. But the one of the <laughs> classes I took was cultural anthropology. And it kind of just talked about that stuff. Like you don't think about getting a heart, you know, a teddy bear on Valentine's Day and like, that might be more like a, yep. you know, a consumerism thing, but there's just so many cultural norms. And I think cutting the umbilical cord was one of them that I was just kind of like, that's weird. I say that every year too, about a Christmas tree. It's like, I'm, I, we have a badass ornament collection. Like I'm big into Christmas, but <laughs> is that not yep. weird though? You put a, you know, you, you take a live tree in many cases, cut it down, put it in your house and hang things on it. Like, but you just, your mind doesn't think that way. So anyway, that, that was a long nope, way. I'm- My wife hates that when I start talking about that. Hey man, I, I'm with you. I, we're uh, definitely on the same same plane there. So, 
All right, cool, man. We can start wrapping it up because I'm a little tired, and uh, we got Friday tomorrow. Thank, thank the Lord. Big game Saturday, too. We, we usually don't even talk about Kentucky, but I'll throw that in. I think um, Saturday's the biggest game on the schedule. I, was, I, was, I covered the game two years ago in Knoxville, and, oh, man, they should have beat them and let it slip. So I'm, I'm one of the few people that's rooting or um, thinks that Kentucky's going to pull it off tomorrow. Break First win in Knoxville since 84 my score prediction was 28-17, but that was just a little sidebar for me. And I, I did have one more thing I'm going to start throwing in. I really like this question um, I'm going to ask everybody. And you got to be completely honest. Yeah. So I know you're a huge Kentucky fan, big Twitter guy too, obviously. Who, Massive, is, like, yeah. who is like your favorite media member? Like, um, you know, who do you go to for your news? Like everybody probably has like their guy. Who would you say is your guy? Or girl. Gosh, man, that, that... – yeah, that's tough. I mean, old school wise, you know, Oscar, Oscar is just, he's kind of the, the cream of the crop. Tom Leach is, you know, had this crazy gig to like step in and fill his shoes of all these, you know, awesome people before him. Love, you know, following him. Uh, you guys, obviously, you and, you know, the, I know the Sea of Blue, you guys do an awesome job. I, it, that's tough, man. That's tough to pinpoint. And, and especially on Twitter with so many you know, good accounts. Dick Gabriel's a guy who I've always respected. Oh, nice internship at, at KYT back in the day. He was just awesome to – I mean, he's been around for 40 years. The guy's covered, you know, just an insane amount of games and stories. And so, I love I love his perspective on it. Uh, but there's – man, we've got a lot of talent. A lot of these, you know, I guess like yourself, man, you, you know, younger folks have kind of come up and, and are passionate about it. And so, I, you know, that's for me the one real kind of saving grace and positive thing about Twitter is – and that's why I joined, you know, 11 years ago is for, for UK sports and – it's, uh, you know, it's tough to put down sometimes, man, especially during games. I just, I really like the community of it. Yeah. And it's introduced me to a lot of people and, and including you. So, um, yeah, it's, you know, long-winded answer, I guess, a little bit. But uh, I agree with you. I think Saturday's huge. I, I was three years old the last time we won in Knoxville. And um, I think, you know, the defense obviously, you know, turned it around a little, you know, a lot on Saturday. I think the offense will definitely get going. I just, I think it was, you know, just didn't get in a, in a rhythm Saturday night, but I think you'll see more, you know, Chris Rodriguez and I think Terry bounces back and we win uh, 24 to 20. Oh, all right. Another win. All right. You're on board with me. Cool. Well, I got to quickly um, talk about Dick Gaber real quick. Cause I'm not sure if you know, but Aaron Gershon who works with the sea of blue, we're real tight. We've been working together for a couple of years. He's my um, co-host on the cats by 90 podcast. Um, yep. with the Sea of Blue. Um, he works with Dick Gabriel. He kind of took over like a lot of Curtis Birch's responsibility. So he does the, the Big Blue Insider with Dick Gabriel. Guys, I think they do it like three, four, five nights a week. So he's, um, man, I've been so proud of Aaron too, like just how much he's grown. So anyway, we have, we have a lot of Dick Gabriel perspective on our show. They kind of yeah. comes up, I guess, secondhand from Aaron because they spend so much time together. And I agree, he's awesome. And he's one of the opinions that um, I really value too. I get to sit by him sometimes at game. So He's yeah, just awesome, awesome guy, man. He, you know, big Packers fan, I know, and mm-hmm. just awesome guy. He's just a staple. I mean, he's been a almost a again for me permanent fixture in UK sports ever since. I mean, he was doing those games when they were on tape delay. When I, you know, you'd see it at eleven thirty after the local news. I mean, he's just he's been a, a, a integral part of my UK fandom. Yeah, he's the man, and it's also nice for me and Aaron, kind of, especially Aaron being linked up with him a little because it gives us a little clout. You know, we get to walk around and. You know, absolutely have his support and he's the man. But all right, bro, let's knock out our dad jokes. I'm like beyond excited for mine. I, I think I finally have a good one, um, but I'll let you lead it off. Oh, man, this was tough. I, you know, I, a couple of coworkers will tell him and I, I'll try to write him down or say <laughs> when I, 
but I, yeah, at the end of the day, I was like, you know what? And maybe it's timely with COVID and all that kind of stuff. And I know we didn't, we didn't touch on the, the family COVID thing, but we're, we're hanging in, man. We're good. I appreciate good. asking. All right. It's uh, how do you make a Kleenex dance? Uh, I don't know. Put some boogie in it. Put some boogie. And I knew that one, man. I'm always, so, uh, it's a good, I'm always so reluctant because it's like, it's on the tip of your tongue type thing, but you don't want to guess wrong and just look so stupid. All right. All right. Nice. That was a good classic, man. Nothing wrong with that. I mean, yep. especially one that people have heard. All right. Yep. Big Blue Drew's dad joke this week. All right. This is great. It's father stuff too. All right, Michael, why shouldn't you let your kids watch band performances on TV? No clue. Too much sax and violins. Uh, <laughs> wow. um, I generally laugh at that one because, dude, that is my life right now. Like, people don't understand. Like, dude, when your girl gets to where she understands all the sexual innuendo, that's in everything. I complain about I this every week. It's, oh, dude, it's it making me uncomfortable talking about it now. Like, what do you do? Do you change the radio station? Do you say turn it off? I hate it. Yeah, it, it freaks me out, man. We're, right now, we're, we're our biggest fear or concern is, you know, what which Polly Pocket or LOL doll or whatever. So, <laughs> you know, I, yeah, I'm, I'm with you, man. I know that's coming, and, and I'll just have to, to battle it then. But appreciate you having me on, man. I, you know, it, again, it, being a dad, it's tough. It's a hard job, you know, but it, it's the best job I've had. And, and uh, I just, you know, really at the end of the day, I want my kids to be kind and hope they play sports. But if they don't, you know, whatever, I'm, I'm going to support them in, in what they do and, um, you know, glad, glad you guys have me on. I, I appreciate it. I, I enjoy kind of sharing, you know, pictures and some things about our family. So I uh, really, really appreciate it, Drew. Good. I'm glad you did. And yeah, I always like it. The thing is good just to vent. I think every dad usually that comes on here um, enjoys it a little bit. And you're doing a kick-ass job too, man. I could tell that just from getting to know you online a little bit. And, and that's exactly why I wanted to invite you on because this isn't just a, a podcast yeah. for necessarily the, you know, the media members or coaches or whoever. It's like, anybody man because there's because so many people they're you you know they're the uk dad they're the fan dad so appreciate you man and we'll probably catch back up with you again at some point all right yep no i I appreciate it man i like i said i I fail daily but i just try to be better the next day and and uh that's all all we can do man so yeah hang in and uh, go cats same brother all right go cats